Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. A happy belated Christmas, even though let's just be honest, Mac, we're recording this before Christmas. So we're saying happy belated Christmas because it's the day after Christmas and we hope everyone had a great Christmas. Christmas hasn't happened yet in our world where we're speaking to you. We're in the multiverse. The we're just in strange places. No one knows. No one Mac, knows. Where the heck are what you? Is it? Yeah. Where am I? What is this place? I'm in uh, Bristol, Connecticut. Um, I was hoping to have like a really nice, pretty ESPN background. And then um, I went and go see my friend, Jordan <laughs> Cornette. So I went to go see him. We're recording this late at night, but here we are. And I'm back in the lovely double chair. Yes. Anybody who goes to Bristol, goes to ESPN, knows about the Double Tree. So don't knock. Right. The Double Tree is a great spot right there right. next to campus. It is it's hard Good to beat. One. Well, Mac, hope you had a lovely Christmas. Um, and we have to talk about the Pop Tarts Bowl today. I'm excited for this episode. This is a bowl game that means so much to the ACC team that is playing in it in NC State. We talked yeah. to an NC State player about this game, Mac. I was I asked you specifically because for a little behind the scene, Mac is the person who obtains the interviews most of the time. Most of the time. Mac has more pull than me, let's be honest. So I was like, Mac, could we get Brendan Armstrong? I think that would be really interesting to talk to him about this season and about this bowl game and what it means to him. And you know what Mac did? Doop do doop do doop. Magic wand, boom, made it happen. The the SIDs well, make it happen. True. I'm just the one that asks. And they're like, who's that bald guy? He's asking for this again. Like, geez Louise. Uh and we got him. And great Brennan so graciously uh you know gave us some of his time. And it, it was amazing. This interview that you guys are about to hear was so much fun because I, I think Brennan was just super yeah. real yeah. about it. And then, you know, he he was, you know, absolutely transparent. I'm sure there's tons of things that he, we didn't jump into or he didn't share, but he went through the process and he was pretty raw about it, which I, I loved. I mean, it was awesome conversation and, and just hearing how he he was in this funk and he got out of it um, and how he got out of it. So I, I love this interview. Thank you, Annabelle, so much for for hooking us up. And, and thank you, Brennan, for your time just to talk about this game. So really quick, KG, let's jump into this interview. Uh, let, let's talk to Brennan, kind of hear his thoughts on the game, hear his thoughts on the season. And then on the other side, we'll break this game down. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisles, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Brandon Armstrong, our guy, welcome into the podcast. Super excited to talk to you today. Uh, you and I were just cutting up a little bit, and uh, I, I kind of want to start here because I, I feel like it's it's historic what you have an opportunity to do here and, and to get that double-digit win, to get that 10th win in this bowl season. 
what what does that mean? I guess two part to you, number one, to to leading a team to to this team to being able to do that, to be the second quarterback ever to do that in NC State's history, and then just the the coaches you've been around, the players, the fans. What do you think that means to NC State to be able to get that done? Well, I think it means a lot. Obviously, ten wins. Um, Coach Dorrance obviously talked about you know the rarity of that's happened at NC State. So um, I think, and I actually just thought about this. I think that was one of my things going into this season. I was like, you know, I really want to win ten win or have a ten win season or have a double digit uh, win season, and uh, we're here, right? So we have an opportunity to do it. Um, we're going to be going up against a really good Kansas State team, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, it's just it, I know it means a lot to this place, and it means a lot to me. And I think you know when you really think about it, um, just sending us off, us seniors on the right note is a great feeling. Looking into the next season, obviously I'm not going to be here, but it really sets up the team to have a really good springboard into the off season. Now that there's a 12 uh, team college football playoffs, you know we're sitting at I forget what it's at 18. I mean that might bump us up into that you know sweet spot of around 15, 14. I don't know what what it would be, but you know the guys could have a really good um, starting point uh, next year, and with the schedule they've got, they can really you know turn it up and get into that you know those 12 team spots. So. I'm just really looking forward to it. I think it's a huge game for us. And like, I think the coaches, the team uh, in general are just pretty excited. Uh, Coach D's done a great job with this time, you know, give us, giving us older guys some time off, kind of recovering, getting our bodies back and getting a lot of developmental stuff going. Um, but yeah, man, we start, we start next week prep for Kansas State and I'm um, looking forward to it. Brandon, of course, you mentioned the team multiple times in that answer because you are for sure a team first guy. And I think this season really proved that in so many ways. Um, just tell us a bit more about your mindset as you go throughout the year from starting to not starting. And then now, of course, starting again. And like you said, you know, you having this great end of the year, um, beating your rival in North Carolina, and then of course the big bowl. But how have you been able to stay locked in and from what it seems to me, team first throughout the entire season? Yeah, I mean, start if you start at the beginning, right? I'm looking for a new start, new fresh start, and uh, I felt like it was there, and I felt like it, you know, I had that feeling. And then when we got to games, you know, things weren't going well. Um, I wasn't playing the best. I was turning the ball over, and you know, that really kind of just set me back mentally. Like, you know, from last season and thinking I was going to have a fresh start, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh dang, you know, I'm in a drought. Like, I'm feeling this thing again. I felt what I felt last year, and it was a lot of mental. I think Coach Roper, our quarterbacks coach here, he always told us, you know, he's coached a, you know, he's been around a lot of really good quarterbacks. And he says, the first thing is mental. It always will be. The first thing that goes as a quarterback is mental. Physically, you're always going to be able to do it. Um, but mentally, I thought I started losing. I remember that Louisville game, obviously, like that one broke me. Like that Louisville game really, really broke me. And I think, you know, being with the Nye, he saw me in the locker room and I was with him for four years. And he told me, he's like, I've never seen anyone broken like that. And I was pretty broken. Like, I just knew that was a good, that was a turning point and we lost and I went, didn't play well. And so I got benched and that was tough. You know, obviously not expecting that in the plan, but in my eyes, but uh, I just tried to be like, when I look back, you know, full circle of my six years and then obviously this year, I just tried to be a really good teammate, have integrity. I think that goes a long way um, just in life. Uh, try to be a really good teammate. Um, they always told me you never know when your number's gonna be called again, and I was always ready for that. And my number got called again, and I thought I was uh, in a good headspace. I think most importantly, ready to go out there and perform, and just not care. I use that word a lot. It sounds weird to say, but I just didn't care as much in a, in a way of 
getting my mental in a place to go out and perform freely and have uh, zero thoughts about whatever else that could be running through your mind. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of how I approached it. Just like I said, just try to be a good teammate. Cause at the end of the day, that's all we have is each other. So, um, just try to be ready for my number was called. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate that realness and, and, you know, rawness right there. And, and because it's tough and a lot of people don't understand that, right. They, they just, you know, oh, Eric sucks, man. Get him out. This dude, he can't block anybody. You know, they don't care about the person and they don't care about the feelings and, you know, the aspect of it. They just see a helmet and they just see a jersey. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's baffling to me all the time, the stuff that I see on social media. And, you know, it, it's part of it. And it's, uh, you know, the, the the burden that we have to bear and, you know, the pedestal that we get being college athletes. Um, it comes with that. And, and it is a tough part. And it's not fair at times. But can, can you take us, I guess, even further in that? Like, how, how did you get out of it? Because, my goodness, the, the last three games that you started, it's like he's getting more comfortable, he's getting better. And you're playing better teams, by the way, as you're climbing this journey. And then to, to you know, kind of have this exclamation, which I know you have one more game, so I'd love to see two exclamations. But, you know, this uh, amazing finish where you guys just dominate North Carolina at home. We're, we're there, prime time. And you, know, you throw for 330 and, and run the ball like I mean, you look fantastic. So how did you just get from where you, you know, self-proclaim, say I'm broken and, and mentally and, and just not in a good space to then finishing at, you know, a, a very high point? Oh, I mean, shoot, like, you know, I was in the fire for quite a while. Like I said, if I trace it all the way back to last year and just things weren't going well and, you know, you're in the fire and then you come back in those first four games or five games weren't going well and you're still in the fire, you're not going to take yourself out of it. Never. I'm never taking myself out of it. But having that time to sit back and just like restart. And um, like I said, I, I, I talked to, you know, the sports psychologists here, have great family support. Um, everyone around me that is really close to me supported the heck out of me, obviously. Um, they know who I am as a person. So like that's bottom line. They just looked at me as that way instead of the football player. Right. Um, so just the, the support around me was really helpful. Um, I thought I was, I, you know, I, always felt like I was a mentally strong guy and could handle most of the stuff. And then, you know, it, one, someone told me, he's like, there's always a low point. There's always a breaking point for someone, right? You never know where it's at. And that felt like to me at that moment in my life, that was a pretty low one. I just needed some help getting out of it. And I did. And I just approached every day with a positive, you know, energy and just tried to push that on the team. And I think the one thing I did the best was, um, you know, when I was taking those two reps in uh, practice was like, engaging because like you know obviously the ones get a little bit more reps but when my, obviously twos were called upon i engaged and then i disengaged and i would just talk with the guys like stop thinking so much about football let's enjoy this time like mm. uh wow. off the field or not off the field but just like off to the sideline too like let's just enjoy this time and then when it's time for our number to be called go back in there re-engage focus on what we got to do and i think it's i don't know my brain and how i was thinking and processing everything that was super helpful for me just not so tied up in every play and making sure that every play is perfect and, you know, things are going to happen. And just me disengaging when it was time for me to reengage, that just gave me such a clarity in my mind and just ready to go out there next. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. yeah, just a thing that I just never thought of and I tried and it worked. And that's kind of another, another thing that I did, um, get, get past that point, get myself in a good spot. Wow. That, that's really interesting. And I think can help some people too, because sometimes, Sometimes yeah. trying so hard can be the thing that you care so much, right? Yeah, yeah you really do, right? So mm-hmm. there's a balance. It was weird. 
I've been in it for a long time. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to re- figure something out. Like whatever I was doing wasn't working. Yeah. So. Well, you obviously figured it out, Brendan, because look at you guys now. And, you know, a guy that I think, I think some things changed as well, where the game plans changed a little bit when you came back and credit to your coaching staff for figuring that out. But part of the game plan was we're going to use your legs a lot and we're going to get the ball to Concepcion in any possible way we can and let him make plays. So, you know, you mentioned you're you're a old head, right? You're a six-year guy. Concepcion's a freshman. What were your first impressions of him when he came in? And uh, how is it like playing with him? And then what are you excited about for the bowl? Yeah, so first impressions, I knew he was going to be good. I didn't know how – in the offseason, I knew we were in game scenarios. So I was just like, you know, we're going to really see, obviously, when the game comes. I knew he was going to have an opportunity to play without a doubt. Um, and he just got better throughout the season. I mean, my goodness. And like you said, the beginning of the season – didn't use him in a way we were using him at the end, but still a really heck of a player. And then we started figuring it out. Coach and I and the offensive staff really started figuring out, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, like you said, using my legs, getting the ball out quick, getting other guys involved, bringing Casey in the backfield, um, just doing as much as we can to obviously get the playmakers the ball. And so I had the credit to them and uh, obviously – you know, they make these plans and we have to go execute. So credit to our guys on the offensive side to go execute this plan that they, uh, you know, made for us each game. So um, I thought we did it well, you know, protected the ball um, and just played efficient football. And that's kind of how we, that's how we win here at NC State. Yeah. And it's, like I said, man, it's been so impressive just to see this run. Um, that started with Clemson. I mean, a great game at home and, and finding a way to beat those guys and and kind of the, the mainstay that, that has been is how dominant this defense has been. It, what has it been like through your eyes and going against those guys in practice and, and seeing a guy like Peyton Wilson who won like every award possible? He got gypped on one, which was baffling. Uh, but, but other than that, I mean, this guy was a consensus All-American, first team everywhere you see it. And I just reflect on his career and having watched him. I mean, we, we've pretty much been working doing this since he got to school and seeing the journey that he's been on. But take me behind the scenes a little bit from your perspective and, and as a teammate, just of his development and, and having to really step up this year uh, to be a vocal leader and, and to be, you know, the guy uh, defensively for this team. Well, yeah, I'll start with just like the defense going against them every day. Um, obviously, it's not every week. We don't go good on good once we really get into the meat of the season. But, you know, the offseason was brutal. I mean, my goodness, it was just they're everywhere. You know, they're running the three three five, and it, they're coming from different areas. They're blitzing from different areas. They're playing different zone drops. That was tough. Let me tell you that, that I'm glad we went through that as an offense. And, uh, but yeah, it was tough looking back on it. Him coach or I'll say coach, uh, Peyton, you know, I wasn't with his journey for only, I was with his journey for a short amount of time, but from what I've seen and heard through his injuries and all that stuff, I mean, I've never played with a guy that does what he's done. Never in the way he's done it. I mean, just the impact that he has on our team. Um, it's incredible. The guys, as soon as he's speaking, the guys are like on it and he can, and he's also just joking around too. But when it's time for him to actually say something very serious or needs to be said, he it's, it's incredible how, how many guys listen on that team. Um, and then just speaking to him as a person, I mean, we developed a relationship that I, I said this before and another thing, I, there's so many different things I've talked about, but about him, but I mean, we've just, we're both old, older, on the team, we have this, 
you know, just a mindset and a perspective on football. And I guess moving forward and our relationship was kind of that way. And it was pretty unique. I've never had a relationship as like the same like perspective and wavelength of like what our lives are and what we, what we enjoy doing and all that stuff and how important football is to us. So that relationship that I built with him was um, really special. And I think probably one of a kind that I, you know, looking back just even with my best friends from high school, just we've grown up our relationship, me and Peyton started a different point in our lives. So it's just so unique. Um, And just the person and player he is, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I just don't have words for it, how he plays. I think you summed it up pretty well there, Brennan. That was good. Um, And I think we all agree there and, and everyone knows Peyton Wilson's impact at NC State. When we look at this bowl game, first of all, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which, you know, is an interesting name for a bowl game, but it's a it's a big bowl game. What's your favorite <laughs> yeah, Pop-Tart? You are, favorite? Do you, are there like Pop-Tarts everywhere throughout the facility right now? Like, that's just what I imagine. Everywhere you look, there's a different box. They put uh, Pop-Tarts on like our, one of our smoothies after a workout or one of our proteins. <laughs> oh, it hasn't been too crazy. They haven't just like flushed us. With okay. But um, yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. It is... Uh, it's pretty interesting. I guess my favorite one was like brown sugar or s'mores. Not yes. really much. Okay. Right? One of those two. Those are my two favorite. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in a while. That was my thing growing up, though. I love Pop-Tarts. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a cool bowl, yeah. right? It's a very cool, interesting bowl. I'm looking <laughs> forward right. to it. No doubt. Well, it's a big – I mean, I, I forget, you know, which one it was before the renamings and everything. But it, this is a bigger bowl. People know that. And – when we look at bowl games, at least for me, when I'm trying to figure out, you know, who's going to win, whatever, it's which team wants to be there more. And I think with how much is at stake for NC State with the 10th win, which would be huge for this program, the momentum you're talking about heading into next year with the 12-team playoff. And then you got K-State with their quarterback in the portal and all this stuff, their offensive coordinator leaving. I don't, You don't have to talk about K-State, but I have to imagine you guys really want to be there, and this game matters a lot. Am I, am I right on that, Brennan? Yeah, I would say so. I think our guys, Coach Dorn has done a really good job of emphasizing, you know, the importance of this game and what it means for this team and, you know, what it can do as a legacy just for this team. Not not like I talked about, you know, it pushing us and springboarding the next team in the next season, but just solely focusing on this one game, like this is super important and uh, it's basically history at NC State. You know, this six-game stretch, yeah. if we win all these, this last one, that's a six-game six winning streak at the end. Like that's crazy like it's hard that's very hard to do so um yeah i think our guys are motivated um we start prep this 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 coming week or you know what's today monday yeah monday so this is we start prep tomorrow of k-state so we'll really get a gauge of where guys are because we've done a lot of developmental stuff but uh you know like i said i think doran's done a really good job of emphasizing the importance of this one and hopefully the guys and i'll make sure that guys are ready for this one because i i want to go out on the win It's, it's a lot better when you win Always will be. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And it's hard to do. And people don't understand that. Um, last thing for you, man, and we'll get you out of here, at least for me. And and I want to touch on Coach Doran. You, you just mentioned him there. And I, I honestly think this is one of his better coaching jobs that, that, he's, that he's done just because of kind of, you know, how the season went. And it's, it's almost like three seasons in its own. And, and this being kind of the final chapter here, just, just give us kind of a snapshot of your relationship with him and, and, you know, who he is as a man kind of, you know, in that locker room, things that, you know, we obviously get to see. He he does not, you know, bat away from from being who he is. And I think everyone kind of gets that. And you kind of, you know, get to learn that over the years. Um, but he, he just, he's a great man, it seems like. Yeah, I'd say one is he's not afraid of, you know, who he is. He, he'll definitely uh, stand up 
for us and just be him no, no matter what's going on. And I think he's done that throughout the season, even through the lows and all the highs. You know, he's stuck to being who he is and what he wants for this team. And he's continued to push us. Um, you know, it start great, whatever. And then, you know, you get our bye week and we reset. And that's kind of how, like you said, there's so many different parts of the season. But, I mean, mm-hmm. this bye week that we had and then moving, moving forward from that, I mean, it was huge for us. And he just said it's a five-game season. We're taking it one game at a time, and that's how everyone approached it. You know, he gave us the recipe to winning here at NC State. Obviously, our defense being stout and us as an offense just taking care of the ball and being super efficient on first and second down and getting us in dirt and manageables. And points are going to get on the board, and our defense are going to stop the guys and get us the ball back. And we continue to do that. And we started eating away at a lot of teams, um, I think, throughout the game. Um, and that was kind of our recipe. But like you said, I mean, he's just kept us – straight and narrow and kept us focused and he's done it like I said he's done just a super job of that and we just as leaders on the team we have a good group of guys and just tried to echo that and continue to just push forward and do that same thing in the practice field no doubt well man this was a real treat we appreciate your time uh very excited for this opportunity that you guys have at NC State and go get that 10th win man that's big time we appreciate you brother thanks guys appreciate you having me on Thanks again to Brennan Armstrong for joining us. Again, you know, he was just so good. Appreciate his time. I know he's he's been through the fire in the ACC at two different places. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. He's an experienced guy, and we know how much this bowl game means to him. Mac, before we dive into this game, this is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Thursday, December 28th, this week, ESPN, 5.45 p.m., number 18, NC State, versus number 25, Kansas State. Kansas State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Total's 47-and-a-half. We'll get to that. First and foremost, and we are going to talk about some of the things going on with NC State and people they're bringing in in the portal. Mac, did you know that they are putting together some special items for NC State and Kansas State fans and others attending this Pop-Tarts Bowl down in Florida? At the stadium, here are five items that you can buy if you are a fan there. And I want you to tell me which one you pick, okay? Number one, the cinnamon roll Pop-Tarts banana pudding. Frosted cinnamon roll Pop-Tart bites and Chantilly cream. Okay, there's your first one. Pop-Tarts ice cream sundae. Frosted strawberry Pop-Tart bites, vanilla ice cream, strawberry sauce. You like strawberry, so that could be for you. End zone celebration brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts cheesecake. Oh my God, sign me up. Frosted brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts New York style cheesecake and dulce de leche. Oh my goodness. Okay, how about this one? End zone celebration strawberry Pop-Tarts cheesecake. So same thing, Mac with strawberry. That would be for you too. And then here's an interesting one, the last one. Pop-Tarts popcorn. Chopped frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts, freshly popped popcorn, and strawberry glaze. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I love popcorn so much. That is right up my alley. Oh. Is, have you ever are – you, are you a movie person? Do you go so to movies? I, I did went you and saw before? Taylor's movie, obviously. Counts. Um, have you ever purchased – the Cheetos popcorn. No. no. God bless America. I love them so much. It's so good. Oh you should God. try it. That you sounds. Should. Uh, I, I, it's like a you're buying a heart attack. The nutritional later. facts are really terrifying. I've done it. Yeah. I think, Mac, I think you and I would like all of these, but specifically the end zone celebration brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts cheesecake. Sounds good. I kind of was hating on it at first, but it sounds good. 
Any NC State fans that go to the game, if you try one of these things, one of these Pop-Tart items, will you please tweet at us and send us a picture? Full review. We need a full review. I want to see it. In the comments and on Twitter and picture. Amazing. And Mac, this is bowl season, right? This is America, the Pop-Tarts bowl. And with this game, you know, we will talk about the game, but first and foremost, NC State is doing some very interesting things this December and making some noise, Mac. Making noise in the portal making noise on National Signing Day. The two big fish that they got, Grayson McCall coming over from Coastal Carolina at quarterback, and Jordan Waters coming over from Duke at running back, who is an exceptional talent. So NC State already having a good December before the bowl game is even played. Right. No, that they absolutely are, KG. And this is something where I've had to, like, chill out a little bit. I've had to pull myself back. Because I'm a little excited about NC State and yeah. hot take might be in Charlotte next Ooh. year. I mean, they almost really, were this year, if not for the Louisville game. I mean, they're they're really making a push for championship or bust. Like that's kind of what it feels like right now with the the, the the way that they're aligning. I mean, Jordan Waters is a stud. NC State has not had a running back right. that can physically pound the rock time and time again or establish that run game, it feels like in a long time. And I know they just had Bam Knight, and I know they just have those guys where in my head I'm just like, did they not run the ball effectively? And I don't think they did. I mean, they, they there were spurts, and you instantly you have that right here. You go add a guy in Justin Jolly who is a freaky tight end, you know, from – uh, the, the Huskies of UConn up there that I think is going to be a great weapon in this, you know, offense with Coach Robert and I. It just feels like they have really tooled for this offense where they're like, okay, we're going to move some pieces around. Grayson McCall, my gosh, this dude is a beast. I mean, he's got like 13,000 yards, a billion touchdowns, and like two picks. I mean, he does not turn the ball over. It's just he's super smart with the ball. Cannot wait to see him in this offense and at the power five level at the ACC level and in the competition and people that he's going to go against great guys on the offensive line with Erickson and Carell uh, from Missouri and, and Notre Dame respectively. I think those guys are going to be you know playing right now, you know, ready to go. Um, and then adding Wesley Grimes from Wake Forest, who I thought was extremely talented and, you know, just unfortunate that they weren't able to have the year that I thought they could from a production and statistical standpoint that now, Look out, you know, in, in this yeah. offense, on top of some really talented freshmen that they hit on signing day, even flipping a guy from North Carolina and another guy that was crystal ball to go to Georgia. He signs with them. So I, I am really excited about NC State and, and think that, man, they have got a shot. If they can pull all this together, get these pieces in early, get this offense established. Look out. I mean, this might be my dark horse team. And maybe I mean I reflect back two years ago, KG, where we're talking about dark horse playoff team. If you win the ACC now going to 12 teams, you're in the playoffs. So I'll go ahead and say that. NC State right now, the way it's shaping out, is my dark horse playoff team from the ACC. I mean, this is this is awesome to see what they're doing on paper. Now you got to go do it on the field, but on paper, I'm very impressed. Let's start with the Pop-Tart Bowl, and then we'll get to perhaps a dark horse playoff. But I like where you're going here with this back. And Brandon Armstrong said something very interesting in that interview. He said, if we win this game, that could catapult us into maybe a top 15 final ranking. 
which we all know, for better or worse, impacts where you start in the preseason rankings, which in the end can impact where you end up. So Brennan making a great point there. And so it really does all start with the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, Mac, my first question for you, and we, we went back and forth on this about Drake May, Peyton Wilson, is he playing? Should he play? This is what he said when, was, when he was asked about it. Again, this is December 20th. We're recording this. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, we might already know. But this is the past. You are in the future. Peyton Wilson said, I'm just excited to get down to the bowl game, get this 10th win. Then after the bowl game, I'll be down in Florida training for the combine. He, he sounded like a politician because he's not committing. He's not, I'm excited to get down to the bowl game. I, I'm, it means he's going. He's going. It means he's going. Well, yeah, free trip to Florida, get some Pop-Tarts. But like he hasn't said I'm playing or not. What if you're you're Papa uh, Wilson? Are you telling him to play? Yeah, gosh. It's a uh for a guy that's had injuries too, you know? I know there's so many. Let me let me see where he well, if he gets hurt, throw all projections out. I don't know where he's projected draft wise. Um I've got let me just look it up real quick. Let's see. You guys are watching live what I'm you doing. You can hear here. the Kermit. Seeing where, <laughs> if he's first round. Then absolutely not. But if he's not draft buzz, and see, you don't know what do you trust yeah. with these? Who, who knows? And a lot which of it will be combine, which he just said, training for the combine, and then I think blew the combine out. I think he's gonna be great at the combine. He is gonna impress uh, there. You'll find enough quicker. Is this say fifth round? Fifth round. He's not. Yes, if he's fifth round, I, I don't think anybody <laughs> has him projected as a first round pick right now. But yeah, I, I don't either. Um. I think you play. Why not, man? It, it's something to – I mean, it doesn't It doesn't discount or discredit that you are a part of that 10-win team. Right. But you want to be on the field, right? You want to be making things happen. I don't know. It, it's such a tough thing, especially the, the injury-prone deal is, I mean, just really on the top of mind. And you've done everything. You, you've done – you've maxed out for NC State, right? Like you've done everything you can. 10-win season. And yes, you're right. If if they win ten games and he doesn't play, he helped them win all nine of them and helped them get there. But he understands what it's what it is to be an NC State guy. It's so obvious. He's already so beloved. So he understands what it would mean for this program. I think I'm gonna. This is my prediction. I, I think he's Peyton Wilson. So I think he plays. I hope so. I hope so. Um, and again, he's won all these awards too. Yeah, but I the tenth win—that's what matters. I know. It really does. And I think that matters to him, too. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it does kind of stink that we have to speculate. You guys are watching this, and you're either laughing yeah, at us that yeah. we're idiots. He's not playing because wow, so he is. Stupid. You guys are so dumb. Uh, but I hope he does. And I know he means a lot. But here, here's the deal. At the end of the day, KG, this defense is nice. And this defense is aggressive. Coach Tony Gibson is one of the best in the business. And, you know, the the, the talent that he has produced – the talent that he has developed, the defenses that he has created uh, ha- have just been nasty. And I don't think that that takes a step either way, you know, if Peyton is, it does not play, you know, because I think at the end of the day, it's the scheme and it's the personnel and whoever's behind him is now getting an opportunity and they have to make the most of it. So I-, I think those guys play with their hair on fire. I think they play at a really high level. And now, sure, if you have that guy, you're much more inspired. He's the best defensive player in college football. Uh, but but it is a unit and they, they play as – a wolf back, and they get it going. So I'm excited to see it. I hope we get to see him one more time. I see what you did there, Mac. Okay, my real big question with this game is why is Kansas State favored by two and a half points? 
<laughs> I have so many questions so here. Look at the K-State opt-outs. Will Howard, quarterback, he's already out. Treshawn Ward, running back, he's opted out. Phillip Brooks, their leading receiver, opted out. Nate Matlock, who has four sacks, opted out. Multiple other guys. And then their, their offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, is now at Texas A&M. So you look at the continuity that NC State has, all the guys that are playing for NC State, a month to prepare with Brendan Armstrong right. and Casey Concepcion and just the, the unique looks that NC State's been giving people on offense, I don't understand. Plus, K-State's coming off a home loss to Iowa State where they gave up over 250 right. yards on the ground. Mac, I, yeah. what? I'm so confused. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. NC State's ranked higher. And that worries wins. me because what does Vegas know, Mac? What do they know? I know. What do they know? What do they know? I, I have no clue. But I've said this for a long time. Since these you know games came out, uh, go with the Wolfpack. I mean, I, I just feel really confident about that, especially just the way that they're playing. I mean, they're on fire right yeah. now. Since that loss to Duke, by week, you heard from Brennan there and what he said and, and how Coach really got them riled up and saying, like, let's go. Let's finish. I heard Coach Doran the other day, you know, talking about, you know, you should have heard what I was saying in that mm-hmm. locker room because it wasn't good. You know, they were in a bad spot kind of as a football team, and they were reborn essentially and, and winning these games and the way that they're doing it with great defense and, and to cap it off with a massive win over your rival where they were dominant. I mean, that score, a, a little lopsided, not reflective of the game. I mean, it, it was domination from Jump Street, um, and I think NC State continues that. I think they're they're motivated. I think they're excited. And uh, at the end of the day, that that double digit wins, ten wins, is vital. And I think they really play to a higher level for that. So, no question in my mind, I'm taking NC State with those points. Give them to me all day long. I agree. Again, Vegas, you always know, but I don't understand what you're doing here. So I'm taking NC State plus two and a half. I think it's just silly. I also saw on the ESPN FPI that K State had a 75 percent chance to win the game. Again, yeah, well, I mean, K State's backup. He's played. He's thrown thirty-five passes all year, but he's not Will Howard. You know, I, I'm just I'm baffled. So give me give me the pack, uh, give me yeah. the Wolf Pack in this game. And again, NC State fans, you go there and you eat specifically the end zone celebration brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts cheesecake. I need a full review, please and thank you. We need it. We need it. I have a, a much more important question, KG, that I can't remember if we've touched on this or not. And I, I'm shocked, I guess, a little bit that you didn't bring it up in this episode. So do you know that the the mascot is edible? <laughs> have you heard this? You know this? <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember that now. Would you eat the mascot after the game? No. How gross That's is that? Disgusting. That is <laughs> So gross. No, I would I go eat an end zone celebration brown sugar instead of Pop Tarts cheesecake. That is bizarre. So, to me. Anyway, how is it? I'm so confused cool. by this. Like, I, I need to see this. I need to, because, you know, somebody's going to do it. A lot of people are probably going to do it. It's going to be gross. Okay, NC State fans, if you find your way into the field and eat the mascot, please let us know. Take a video of you just biting yeah. this dude. <laughs> what? That's so wild. So wild. I mean, I, you've talked about why you love America. Like this is America, right? We have a, one of our timeless traditions in football and we have a bowl game sponsored by a pop tart. Like that's, that's what oh, it is. No. And the mascot's edible, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. The edible mascot takes the cake. 
takes the pop tart. So anyway, uh, appreciate you guys. That's the end of the episode. Big shout out to Annabelle. Big shout out to Brennan for for his time. And we're excited about the pack, not only in this game, but the future. Uh, I really do think it's bright and, and think that the, you know, everybody involved getting these guys, these transfers, this, this, you know, collection of guys that they have coming in on top of this recruiting class is impressive. And I think, uh, you know, NC State going to make a bit of a run here. So it's going to be fun all off season, kind of talking about these guys and, and where we think they can end up. Um, but that's it from us. We need you guys to go over to YouTube, come join this party, see my face when KG's rattling off these great desserts that are Pop-Tart orchestrated. Uh, and of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there as well. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.